Zor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. I also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Alright, welcome to VGBS Podcast. And we're going to talk about Nintendo Power. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Get the news and drink some booze. Oh, yeah, that's right. With uh, VGBS and Nintendo Power. Rhyming all the time, <laughs> motherfucker. That's how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. See, I got some Fireball going down the hatch currently. Really? Already drinking some Fireball, huh? <laughs> Already. Yes, a few beers on ice. It's time. <laughs> it's time, it's time, it's time. It's beta time. <laughs> so the craziness was is this Nintendo Power episode we've been meaning to record it for like I don't know what about a month now <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's been a while had uh, old Coleco Chris coming through and uh, what else we had Breath of the Wild that blew my mind and Double Dragon 4 and like, so many little like sidetracks I love it <laughs> so many new episodes I love it <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Big money! <laughs> Big prizes! We love it! I'm drinking! <laughs> Damn right. Uh, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What's, what's hilarious, too, is like we've been, we've been steadily recording every week. We're building up a huge backlog. Huge backlog. And um, the crazy thing is, is we're about to do a, a VGBS panel live which will be awesome doing our first convention of the year we had like a million conventions last year this year's gonna be like a couple like three <laughs> and dan finally is starting to pull his weight <laughs> dan dan the michelin man dan's hilarious he's like remind me like 
trigger a memory like yeah. trigger He's a like, memory what, what did i what did i agree to <laughs> it's amazing i'm like um a uh, room full of beer that's what <laughs> yeah that's it man a slab and some beer slab and beer <laughs> that's all we need that's right. and nes and nes that's right somewhere somehow it's <laughs> good stuff uh, yeah so awesome. um i think we'll uh, and We'll we'll start off our Nintendo Power adventure just by talking about our own personal memories with the, with the magazine. Like we'll let you go and how you got into the magazine and how I got into the magazine. And I'm not sure if I got it first or you got it first. Um, all I can say, uh, Vice Project Doom mm-hmm. was the first one I got. So that's volume 24, 1991. My first one was, um, ironically, I got them out of order. But my first issue that I got in the mail was Star Tropics, and then shortly after that they sent me Mega Man Three, which actually came before Star Tropics. But those are my first two issues that I got. What's the volume? You? I think it's like one or two issues before yours. So we literally got it the same year. That's insane. That is crazy, actually. My my um parents got me it because they also got a free game called Dragon Warrior with the subscription. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. So, so yeah, we got the the free Dragon Warrior game because you got a choice between like Dragon Warrior or Final Fantasy Strategy Guide, or which I think you got possibly. And here's what, yeah, and that was I got that. I've told the story for sure. Video game Emporium. Mm-hmm. My dad dad was a teacher, eighth grade students freaking out about Final Fantasy. Told him and Contra. Those were the two they recommended. So he's like, okay, we're getting these two, and then um. The guy at the counter was like, "Oh, Final Fantasy. Well, there's a you can get a Final Fantasy strategy guide if you subscribe. You know, I'm sure he got a cut, of course. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. So, um, yeah, that was my initial, and then um, so I got Final Fantasy. Well, here's what's funny though. I have to mention this now yeah. is that when I I ended up, I didn't get into Final Fantasy till college because it was like brutalized me when I was a kid and I didn't have the patience to like grind." Well, you know? I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, I so, had Dragon Warrior. Imagine how far I got in Dragon Warrior. I didn't even know that it was like a multi-part game until I was older. And here's what's crazy about that. So I wished I got the Dragon Warrior instead of the Final Fantasy Guide, because at least I would have <laughs> got a, another game. Like, so I didn't know. And here's what's funny on your end, that Dragon Warrior was just like Final Fantasy. So it was like a double negative. They would have canceled themselves out, and I wouldn't have played either. And I was like the <laughs> vice versa, because I wished I had Final Fantasy. And I actually, um, this, I, I think I told this story, too, because I like actually asked, um, like described that I wanted it. Like, to my mom. I was like, hey, I want this uh, this game. It's like you're, uh, you fight, and it's a fantasy game. And she got me Dragon Warriors. My parents are always looking for a deal. Um, they also got me Legacy of the Wizard. I think that was the same Christmas. You know, because Christmas time, I got a couple games. And Legacy of the Wizard was the classic story we've told with the Home Shopping Network. Yep. Um, but both kind of look like Final Fantasy a little bit if you know nothing about video games and you're just looking at the box art. And the sprite, um, like the little guy is like a square looking plump sprite. Yeah, so, I mean, I wanted the Final Fantasy game. I got... Legacy the Wizard and Dragon Warrior, um, both excellent games if you look at it as a older gamer, 
But as a kid, both are so cryptic. Oh, fuck yeah. Especially Legacy, like, God. We'll probably have an episode one day on that when we eventually get together and, like, beat the whole fucking thing years from now. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a few years, but we'll have one eventually. Someday. Someday we'll, yeah. we'll do it. Episode, you know, 803 or something. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is with VGBS is, like, we, we always will bullshit, or the bullshit masters. That's the thing, yeah. It's never st- stopped. <laughs> Might yeah, as well just exactly. stop thinking that right now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's hilarious, but um, but yeah. So so basically, I got that. That's how I got my Nintendo Power. Was literally my parents thought it was a great deal because it was like a bucket issue with a free game, or it was so cheap, which is good. <laughs> yeah, they were right. You know. Yeah. Nintendo made it. Made it. They were like, okay, let's make it so like anyone who's anybody can like affordably say we can splurge on this. Well, like, and, and we, as we mentioned in the past, like, this was before the internet, so your only source of information and hints and all that stuff was to talk with people on the playground or read a magazine. So if you had Nintendo Power, you would have the inside scoop every month on the coolest stuff, and you could, you know, be that kid that, you know, tells everyone, oh, well, you can get the warp whistle here. And it was always a really cool thing. So, like, Nintendo just utilized it as, well, we're marketing more Nintendo games. This is a win-win for us. It isn't really (laughs) as much video game journalism as other magazines would have. However, you know, when we get into the second part of the Nintendo Power, we're going to go over the reviews. They were um, a little bit ambiguous when it came to to reviews, too. So it's it's an interesting dichotomy. Um, What was your favorite section in Nintendo Power? Classified information. information. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always the first thing that went open. When new codes are out. When new codes are out. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly, and that's exactly what I was saying. It's like you want to be the one to have the inside scoop. Yes, schoolyard scoop. The irony is, is now going back. Now going back, though, like I want to look in Pack Watch. Yeah. Because there was always games in there that don't exist there's so many games in pack watch that never came over to the states or never were released that's where they showed sim city it tells you the child mentality too like you don't care about just beating the game legitimately like nowadays you know it's like a a homework assignment no back in the day it's like trying to find any little shortcut you can and i mean really for a kid nintendo power just give them a good cover some cool pictures and some codes, and they're good. Now, an adult reading the Tunnel Power completely different. So that's a cool thing, too. We can look back now, and it's a double... It's like a Transformer. It's two things. It's like a double meaning now. We can look back and see it from an adult point of view, so there is, like, replayability to a Nintendo Power. Well, like, the historical aspect. It's like you could see it from the... What was going on at that time... as well as our own personal memories on when we originally read it. Yeah, so that's the blast of the past. Oh, I remember this one, yeah. And and the crazy thing is, is like, I, I never realized it till later how many games were on, like, the cover that I never even played or wanted to play, like Vice Project Doom. <laughs> yeah, that, that's more of, like, a uh, mature cover, because now looking back, you realize that game's amazing, Old being older, it's like it's it's a super cool game. Yeah, it's like and we'll talk about all the games. I don't want to. I was actually going to start talking about it, but nope. We're gonna. That's on the top twenty-five 
So that's her next episode. <laughs> Covers are just super cool. Amazing. They always did a really good job on that, though. Metal Storm. Oh. Metal Storm cover. like Badass. And I never had that game either. Like Hardly anybody did, apparently, because that's why it's, it's went up in price. But The Claymation uh, Mario. Oh, Claymation covers are my favorite. Yeah, in the very first episode, uh, episode the very first um, volume. Issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mario's like a clay, so they really went all out. Like, they hired people to, like, make little sculptures and shit. <laughs> Awesome. So, like, I had a weird subscription history because I got my first year of subscriptions, which was Nintendo, and then my parents didn't renew. So, the Super Nintendo era, I like, Link to the Past issue, I didn't get. Like, my parents stopped. I think my last issue may have been Metroid 2, something like that. Like, right before the Secret of Mana issue, I want to say. Like, right somewhere in there, I dropped out. And then later on, picked it back up with the 64 era. I got back into um, getting issues again for about two, I want to say two years. Two or three years. Maybe three years. Because I remember it went to like a staple binding. Uh. And then moved back to the classic binding and had pictures that would, for each year, that you had like Mario and Donkey Kong and like. On the spine. Yeah, so it right. like it went to like the the shitty staple, and then it moved over to even better than the originals, where you could have pictures and. And for people listening, yeah, it was like if you look at the Freddy Nightmare on Elm Street box set, like DVD, it creates like the Freddy picture. If you look at all the spines together, yeah. Neo Geo series on Southtown have that too. Yep. Like all the metal slugs look are like a portrait of something. Yeah, I mean, there's it's an anime thing. A lot of anime box sets. Yeah, totally though. I totally. Had a Dragon Ball GT box set back in the day, and they made a whole Dragon Ball GT artwork scene. And the classic issue, which some of my Nintendo powers had, is the images don't quite line up perfectly on them, which is hilarious. So like, one of the pictures will be misaligned slightly, so it doesn't quite add up, and my OCD would kill me. Like say issue four. Somehow the printing on the spine was a little off, so like it doesn't quite line up perfectly. I mean, it's the same thing when I do my book releases. Like I look at the spines and they're all the same, and like one's like slightly off kilter, and it's like, damn it. And since we're talking about that, I got to throw in. So when you were almost at the end of your subscription, yeah, they se- they send you like a different version of the book with the front cover would actually be like time is running out or something. Yeah. Yeah, so this is interesting, too, like, as a variant, because what I would do, I hated that shit, and I wanted to cover, so I would pull off that, Mm -hmm. but it actually would pull off the complete spine, like... Yes, it would. Yeah, so... I did the same thing. I bet those are really collectible, um, as far as Nintendo Power goes. Nintendo Power actually isn't that, like, super collectible. The only ones that are collectible are, like, the first run of issues maybe the first five to six issues can go for a little bit and that used to be worth more but it's gone down yeah it definitely has gone down a lot the, the ones that are really collectible are the, are the are the first couple fun club news issues are are really worth a lot so it's got to be rare shit then yeah because i mean basically those are like a mail away type thing back in the day yeah that, that explains it yeah and there was only seven Fun Club News issues, and starting with issue three, 
they started to do, or maybe four, they started to do actual, like, color covers. But before that, it was literally like a newsletter front with, like, almost, like, text and all that, like you would see on a newspaper. Oh, my God, that's awesome. I'd love to have those. <laughs> so, like... The first, the first one is Mario, and then you got Zelda. And so primitive, though. Like, so cool in the fact that, like, dude, look what I got, dude. <laughs> you seen these? I have the, I think I have the 5 through 7 or 4 through 7, like, of the Fun Club News. Wow. And then in Canada, they had Nintendo Flash, uh, which is a different 7 issues. And I think they had something different in Europe as well. So, like, there's... All these original collectible things, which is really cool from Nintendo at the beginning. And then Nintendo Power, they, they went to that so they could do more coverage. In the European scene, man, it's, even with the figures, like we were talking about WWF Hasbro's, we'll do for Phobos. But yeah, the European scene is intense, too. The, the one cool thing about the Fun Club news is somebody actually, I don't know if it's still available, but somebody did a print-on-demand for the Fun Club news where you could get all seven in a hardcover book. That's amazing. So, and I know they're high-quality scans. Have you looked those up online? or? Um, I, I mean, I have four of them, and I was looking to get the other two, and they're over, I think they're way too expensive, and they're like only eight to ten pages apiece. They're really small. So like I was like, eh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna wait till I find them in the wild because that's kind of what I do. Um, you know, I don't te- technically go and buy stuff um, for a premium if I can avoid it because eventually I'll find it live somewhere. You know, I could go into that for hours. I mean, and you can find it online for cheap too, and that's not always, yeah, but sometimes. That's true. Like with yeah, with other stuff, you know, like Transformers. We've been talking about you can get shit like that for like thirty or forty bucks from China. Shipped in a box, perfectly mint. It's just, they can make that shit like on a dime now. It's not a big deal. It, people think it is, but it's just made at a China sweatshop. Like, come on. Well, it's it's the same reason why the reproduction on Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and 64 games are starting to get crazy because China is literally reproducing them for a buck a piece and making 20 to $30 for people going online and buying them. Well, it's funny. When, when you have a factory, you can say it's legit. I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah, and I mean... And, and the irony is, is all these guys making their own Nintendo and, um, like, homebrew games and stuff. It's, like, actually cheaper and more profitable for them to just go to Alibaba and hire one of those repro makers than to do it all themselves and pay for all the stuff. Yeah. Why not? That's the problem, you know? That's why it has to be, like, a passion project. Like, me, I don't really want people touching my, like, my uh, mental image of it. Well, and that's everybody. Like, they don't want to give the ROM to Alibaba because then they can do whatever the hell they want with it and make repros of it. But, like, the Alibaba ones are, are literally just taking what you give them and put it on a cartridge and give it to you. Yeah, so you can't say no to that. They're making the physical product cheap. Um, obviously now we can go into the, the China shit and all that, but, but that's way off the freaking river, man. Well, but the thing about that though, is that like, they're the bad guys in, in retrospect because they just gave you a lower price. Like mm-hmm. it's, that's business though, right? That's definitely like, capitalism. That's, that's the devil's advocate though. Like, mm-hmm. like, why am I going to spend money just to, because to say like, I made it in America. I mean, yeah. Like, what the fuck? How, how far does that go anyway? I mean, I, I looked into it, and it's, like, super cheap shipped. 
to get stuff from China than if I, you know, you do it in the States, but I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, so back to the path. Yeah, back to the path of Nintendo Power. <laughs> <laughs> back to the path at hand. So yeah, Nintendo Power. But yeah, so the Nintendo Power badass series. So yeah, so we both had Nintendo Power. Like, how often did you did you like get your subscription? Since you know mine was like split in the middle. I missed like the whole Super Nintendo era. Like, how was yours when you um? Like your subscription? Yeah, I missed a few here and there, um, but I definitely got a lot of them. I definitely got past issue fifty because I think fifty was was it Link's Awakening with the Owl? That was an awesome cover. I had that one, yeah. um, and it was gold, and that was an amazing one. I expected the Owl to be more in the game. It's in the beginning. It like tells you a little like um, Confucius things. Yeah, yeah, it does, and. I think um was the Mega Man cover was silver. Mega Man X, I think. The Mega Man X cover was silver. I don't remember what issue that was, but I didn't get that one. Yeah, I think I had that one. Stargate Volume 71 was my last.
so in my opinion, the Nintendo Power original collection, the only ones that I'm keeping, is the original logo. So, because I've had the entire Nintendo Power collection, all of them. Um, and I only consider, I think it's through Mortal Kombat 2 is the original logo. I'm not sure if Stargate falls before or after that. It's right around there, though. Um, but, like, the, the Nintendo Power logo is exactly the same, and then they modify the logo, and that's when they start highlighting a lot more um, 64. So I definitely don't mess with that. Um, but that's that's my own personal just so I can transport it around collection. Um, and I, I sold actually a lot of them pretty cheaply um, at, yard, at my own yard sale last year. Because I know you had most of them or all of them or something. I have a lot of the old ones, not all of them. Yeah, so it looks like um, Mortal Kombat 2 issue 64. Yeah, and which one was Stargate? I think 71, but I must have gotten that from the flea market because I don't have a lot close to that. I'm just looking at these right now. Yeah, so that also really brings in the, the flea market story where, at um, well, it's not that long, but really at Uncle John's, they had about 20, 20 or so issues, and it was like 15 bucks. He's just like, I'll give you them for, you know, 15. I'm like, wow, I expected him to say, you know, more than that. There was a a little place in Uncle John's that some shirts still open. Like is the those the video game guys or whatever? What's it called? Oh yeah, the, the video. I think it was literally the video game guys, but I think now it's just one guy. Oh. So. <laughs> the last time we both went there, I think um, it was there was only one dude left. Like one guy's not there anymore. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I got it. I had some that were. Um, copies of ones I already had, but there were a few new ones. Nice. So I'm thinking that's probably where I got that Stargate, because that's way later than... I had stopped around the 50s. The um, Link's Awakening one's like the last one that I really... that stands out to me in my head. Yeah. Like, so mine was insane, because the first year I went to um, to Midwest Gaming Classic, which you know, we're going to be going to this year again, which is excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, I went with, um, and I hung out with the Nintendo age guys. The first day we went in early to the, to the, um, actual cellar room. And this guy had like thousands of Nintendo power issues. Like it was, I wouldn't say thousands, probably hundreds, maybe like three or 400 Nintendo power issues. And so there was threes and fours of uh, copies of each issue. And, like, basically, I was going through and I was pulling out ones that I needed. And then one of the guys from Nintendo is just goes, all right, I want them all. <laughs> and he bought them all from the guy for, like, less than a dollar apiece. And so then we took him back to the Nintendo age room and we all picked out and he sold them to me for a dollar apiece. So they made a couple, they made some bucks off of me. Yeah. And I got them cheaper than I would have bought it from that guy because he was selling them for $2 a piece or something. So it was, like, super cheap. And I, I basically got every single issue I didn't have. Because I, I didn't re- get the Mega Man 3 and all the ones that I've had. But I got every single one. <clears throat> and I went back with like a boxes of, <laughs> of Nintendo Power. And my wife was like, what the hell are you doing? Uh-oh, she got mad? What's this box of useless shit? Oh, yeah. Oh, this no. Is, yeah. This is back when I lived in Plymouth. So like this is a, long, a while ago. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, basically, 
it was pretty hilarious because I, I get like all of these issues and I was only missing I think issue one and two and you know ca- the classic Castlevania two issue and then Mario two obviously um, and now I had I ended up getting two issues I got like one from one of my buddies Brian Valique one of the Retro Raiders back in South Bend Indiana classic times. Um, got one from him, and then I got, like, another one, too, like, for free. Like, both of them were for free, and then I know I got, um, I found Castlevania 2 at a game store for a dollar mixed in with all normal Nintendo Power, like, like, the, all the ones that are not expensive as hell. Because at the time, those were, like, $80, $100 issues. Very good deal. Not sure now if they're more expensive or not, but at the time, they were pretty impressive. Probably, yeah. I'm sure you got a good deal. The, the old the old stuff's, like, super expensive. Yeah, I mean... And, of course, I knew about the Fun Club news, so at that same time, I already had my the four issues that I have, which like is, like, a Mike Tyson's one, um, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. There's one with uh, sports games. That's, <laughs> that's one. That's hilarious. Um, a couple of those are my Fun Club news, and they're smaller, though, but... Um, all my issues are bag and boarded, which is cool. Gotta do that. Well, yeah, the bag thing. Yeah, we've talked about that with the protectors in previous episodes. I do it like comic books, though, so there's a board behind it, too, so it doesn't... Yeah, they don't bend. Yeah, you gotta keep it stiff, because it's just paper. I had them... Here's the weird thing, too, is as I move around every couple years, and I had them all in a magazine box. You know, like they have the comic book boxes? I had one for magazines... But I looked, and, like, now they're in, like, a tote. So I don't know if I, like, moved them out of the magazine box because I didn't want them in cardboard. But I'm like, what happened to my magazine box? I don't even remember. Drunken projects. I have so many of those, dude. Yeah, it's like, what the heck? But (laughs) but the thing is, though, it makes sense because if if they're in a basement or somewhere, because I've had stuff in the basement before, which is always a terrible idea, those flood, so you want everything in plastic. Yeah, and basements is a bad environment for anything. Yeah, I've had some nightmare stories with basements. It's just cold and damp, and you don't want... You want a warm, like, 60 to 70 degrees, preferably 75 degrees tops, I'd say, like, for the perfect climate. Well, more so than even temperatures, I worry about the actual flooding and water flowing into the stuff. Like, that's more important is, like, the actual... When I my virtual boy box was sitting on the ground just on display in my ba- in my game room that had carpet down there in my, in my basement and it all flooded and my box got warped. It's like, ugh. My response to that would be, you know, well, make sure that everything shelved is like three feet high or more, but it still doesn't do the trick sometimes. Sometimes the flood in the basement could be all the way to the fucking, like, top. <laughs> I mean, that's what a basement's for, essentially, and that's kind of where, like, the man cave has to be sometimes in a smaller house. I mean, we just you only got so much room, man. Yeah, our current place is one floor, no basement, no no second floor, just one floor, and got my game room. Works out much better, and all my collectibles and extra stuffs in the garage right now, which works. It's fine. So that's where my Nintendo powers are. And when I was thinking of like what I've seen, the most space manageable. That I mean, I don't have it either, but just to have a room with, like, all shelves, that's pretty much the most... You could, like, store everything you have. 
if everything is just completely shelves yeah in the whole entire room vertically going to the top of the ceiling like think how much shit you can put on every one of those shelves going all the way around all four corners of the room so i think when we have our own place that'll be the best idea yeah um they call them built-ins is what they call them so basically in the wall you have built-in shelves into the wall and that's how you design it you just make the walls a little thicker and so that way the walls are literally shelves and you can go all the way up to the ceiling those are even better because now you're not using outer wall space no space exactly and everything is flesh to the wall and it works perfectly and that's perfect for collections like there was a place we were looking at while we were house hunting in Mishawaka, Indiana back in the day and we went to this one house and it's all built-ins in the whole giant room we're like holy shit this place would be perfect for a final house but we were looking at a place that we could possibly rent when we had to move again so I was like yeah we wouldn't be able to rent this place though to anybody but like somebody who would move out in a month because they can't afford it, because all they're doing is buying collectibles. <laughs> yeah, man, the built-ins are incredible, though. It's just you have to put lighting to some degree, because now you have the shadow with no light to get into the crevices of, like, the holes. So now lighting is an issue. That's the only thing with built-ins that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. So you want people to see your figures, right? Like, a lot of people are just storing clothes or shoes, but... You actually want people to see, yeah, you got to, like, shine some light in there at some point. Well, and, like, in the end, it's all, like, a conversation piece type thing. So it's it's all on what you want. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's to make that cool story, you know? Yeah, it's all about the lighting, really, with what I realized. Like, once I made the extra lights, everything, like, came alive. Because if everything's just dark and shadowed, then it's just like clusterfuck world. <laughs> yeah, it does, and it gives it like a dim, dank look. Yeah, I mean, you gotta like display everything. Everything deserves to be like front front row, you know. As as people comment, because I got people that actually have a guy who commented on um, YouTube chat. So I'll, I'll read it live on the air. Um, Hell yeah. So he said, what's up, fellas? I scored a box of Nintendo Powers on OfferUp for 50 bucks. 60-something magazines, all near mint with poster. The first issue, oh. and then issue 22 through 86. Oh, that's sick. Okay, you got a fucking deal, bro. That was uh, Captain Retro. He said he was so happy. So Captain Retro on YouTube was, uh, was sharing that. Captain Retro. Hell yeah, I keep sailing that shit, brother. That's amazing deal though. Dude, that's an awesome deal. Man. See, it's cool to know that there's still deals like that out there. And I assume that offer up is just like another type of eBay site type thing. And there's so many little deal sites out there that you can definitely find cool deals out there still. Yeah, even half.com, which is owned by eBay. Well and I, I still feel that Nintendo Power hasn't hit and hit that um, level of NES collecting where it like people of everybody's went for it again. It hasn't hit that yet. I think that's like the microcosm of the microcosm. People wanting to collect all of them. I think the problem with now is um, just you can get all the information online. So now it becomes like you just want it for your collection. That's very true. So. Um, he said he is in Atlanta, and OfferUp is a phone app 
like a let go or a Craigslist. So basically, it's a like a local type of thing where um you know you look on there and you actually go meet the people in person. So um he said he finds good stuff a lot on there because prices have gotten a little bit ridiculous for the magazines. So that's a, it's a good insight into what Offer Up is though for the people listening on the cast. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, thanks so much, man. Appreciate the insight. Yeah, just even when you just look into someone's eyes, it changes everything because then they know you on a different level. You're not just like a name well, exactly. or text, and you know? I, I love doing that kind of stuff. And the other thing that I, I enjoy doing that a lot of people don't go to, because everybody goes to the yard sales and the Goodwills, um, I like going to estate sales. <laughs> Those are sick, dude. They can be. Because, like, you go there, somebody, like, typically either moved or is moving or somebody passed away and they're going through the entire houses so you get to see their history of what they lived through and typically like I, I picked up like a Sega Saturn and like with 50 games and like in that box was also a Genesis with 50 games and it was literally $20 box like and it was tons of stuff and that's what you do is you get these giant boxes of stuff and I, I mean, I gotta assume that it's just like you know the storage units. There's got to be people that hound these places now. But back when I was doing that out, when I was down in Florida, it was um, excellent finds, and I got a giant Nintendo Power lot out of one of those too. Because you literally you get like a their kid had a Nintendo Power subscription, and they just put it all in a box. Yeah, they don't care about breaking it out and looking on eBay. <laughs> Oh no, and and the thing is, as I get older, I'm like, is it worth it? Like anything, I, I have to use that because you know we're working on our projects with the podcast, and we got the website and the books, and doing all the extra stuff. And I'm like, all right, so if I go and you know part all this stuff out on eBay and spend an entire day doing that, that's a whole day that I could be you know, working on my next book and making progress on it, or I could spend time doing that, and my time doing that equals money as well, because you're spending all this time to put it on eBay. Literally a job at that point. Take pictures too, descriptions. And if you don't do all that, somebody's not going to be happy when they get something that isn't described right, so... Oh, God. It's a nightmare. Because, I mean, we've said the same thing. So it's like... It's it's not really worth it unless you are running a store. Bulk. You got to be doing bulk because someone's going to come and burst your bubble and you're going to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So for like me, I only get extra stuff for any of that. If it's something I truly know is cool enough to use for like trade bait to upgrade something or like so say if i find a little samson or something like we already got a little samson um i'll still get it obviously and i'll just use it to trade to another collector typically it's people i know um and then i will um you know be able to get other cool stuff out of it i'm not necessarily ever going to go on ebay and sell again just because i don't want to deal with the hassle <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a nightmare sometimes. I've I've been screwed. You've been screwed. We'll we'll have to have like an eBay screwed episode too. <laughs> eBay screwed episode. That'd be hilarious. I could talk a lot about just eBay. We'll just have an eBay probably. Like I could talk a lot about it. That'd be a good Phobos. The eBay Phobos. 
I got a lot of eBay. I got a lot of eBay stuff too. Strategies, bullshit about it. The shit sellers hide. Yeah, I don't think I got anything Nintendo Power on eBay just because I've I've literally found everything local, which has been fun. It's been way more fun to do that than. So I typically enjoy not going online and finding stuff, but finding stuff in person. And I feel like something like Craigslist is a is a happy medium because you do have to go meet the person in face to face. People are just better that way. They yeah. when you see somebody, it's amazing how nice you think people are going to be douches, but everyone's like nice. You just walk up to them, and most people are just cool. Yeah, it's very rare when you actually have someone that's like. Don't talk to me, you know. <laughs> you think that's what everyone would be like, but really, it's not. Well, as some of the game store owners we've dealt with over the years, like. Yeah, I mean, we've been pretty scarred. The, the video palace, the old guy was biggest douche I've ever met. Because <laughs> I wasn't biting on his shitty games he was trying to sell me. He had like a shitty bin. Basically, the seller's trying to sell me a bunch of garbage. I'm not biting on it. And like, you got this other game. And he's like, you know what? I'm not even going to look for it. <laughs> so yeah, we, we've been scarred though. Yeah, and like, video palace is just classic. I've gotten a lot of deals there too, too though. That's the other thing. Well, you, you always do, but it's like yeah, you got to deal with what with what you got to deal with, and that kind of is a, like kind of how it was with Nintendo Power too, because I got to come full circle as always. <laughs> oh yeah, you got it. We're doing Nintendo Power here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but like basically, we only were able to read what we ha- had in Nintendo Power. So when we read our reviews, that was the only outlook we saw. We didn't see conflicting opinions. We didn't see anything. So if they said the game was good, we kind of had that in the back of our mind that that was a good game, even if it was. there's a lot of flaws. It's a crazy thing to think about how like manipulative and scarring some of those games were <laughs> because we took it from Nintendo Power and then all of a sudden the game is, is trash. Well, and they're like the media at the time, like so. Yeah, they're what's pushing what's pushed in your face. Back in the day, you didn't have online. But like Nintendo Power was their marketing. But then you had like The Wizard, which was literally a Nintendo commercial in the form of a movie. Uh, For sure, our buddy Dave did all the gameplay from it. <laughs> episode just went live, so. It's classic Dave Brooks story. He did all the gameplay from that, but that's literally just Nintendo marketing. So it's it's so hilarious. But yeah, man, it's Nintendo Power though was was really cool. Um, and we definitely uh, need to dig deep. I I think if people are interested enough in Nintendo Power, we could literally grab an issue, um, and read it through like overanalyze issues. And not necessarily, like, every issue, but, like, our fondest memory ones. Yeah, one we both have and a really special one. Exactly, because, I mean, if we do all the episode issues, that would be a little bit, um... I mean, it's just... Just like me, I started at 1990 with the Culture Chronicles, because 1990 was an awesome year. Um, I didn't go all the way back to the beginning of gaming, because then you have to slog through a bunch of stuff that I'm not necessarily nostalgic for. we got to both be nostalgic for it. Well, that's well. It just becomes a chore at some point. Absolutely. Now we got to do this volume. Just break out a volume like some random day. Yeah, we'll grab Vice Project Doom first issue like that you had. Yeah. That's what makes you got to spice up life, and then nothing gets boring. Because like I said, everything has some level level one, episode one. Everything has its own little life, 
and there's like a little gas tank. And once it's done, it's fucking done. No one likes Papa Shango anymore. <laughs> Get rid of him. Someone new. Right like over comma. <laughs> yeah, it just happens. <laughs> like it happens to everything. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So you have to spice it up to make it different. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll slog through and have fun and just bullshit. Well, yeah, just do one every once in a while. And that's the thing, though, is like the the best way is if people comment and ask us for certain stuff, we'll get motivated and, and we'll jump on it. Oh, then we'll do anything, dude. That's the that's the key is is the commenters commenters have have the key to our kingdom. Yeah, yeah, then we're driven by something beyond just what we're just hanging out with. Because we'll just compare our nostalgia to to their nostalgia, and it's fun and crazy thank you for listening to vgbs we appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast we love it thank you thank you thank you if you want to correspond with us you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com but we also have a phone number it is 262264bgbs you can leave us a voicemail choose a text message um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!